This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, good morning, Canada. Zucchino Weeks in studio, Scully in studio. He'll be around later on in the show. It is a full crew here for Golf Talk Canada. Bob, good morning. The gang's all here. Do you know why it's a full crew? Why? Because our audience, the golf community, the golf fan, has missed the PGA Tour season so much. (laughs) The offseason was so long. It was so grueling to wait for the PGA Tour to finally return after an extensive layoff, and it's back at a military tribute at the Greenbrier, Bob. Well, yeah, it's uh, was it? shake off the cobwebs after those two weeks off. I was going to say uh, 13 days. What yeah, was it? <laughs> just kind of keep things in momentum here. Guys don't want to lose. You know, there was all the training camp talk. and It's funny, you know, all the, I was thinking this week, all the hockey teams this week had started their training camps, and they all had golf tournaments. right. And I was thinking, like, what happens for the golfers? Do they have a golf tournament ahead of their golf season? They have a hockey tournament. They have a hockey tournament. They have a shinny tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of a little golf, you you played this week. I saw some uh, posts. I played yesterday. We had a little TSN uh, match going on out there. We had uh, Dave Poulin. Mm -hmm. Who loves uh, his golf. Loves his golf and is yeah. a member, like I am, of yes. Preston Golf and Country yes. Club. So we took out Lindsey Hamilton and Kara Wagland. All right. And um, very impressive. The uh, both, both women who have only been golfing really not that long. And they were very impressive. Very I impressive. I hear uh, rumor on the street is Lindsey stuffed it into about two feet on the difficult par 315. Yeah, like 180 yards. And Kara, um, think a couple of really long pots. Anyway, they were both excellent golfers. Dave... And I, not so much. Well, Lindsay, Lindsay uh, tweeted out, it's the best seven iron she's hit all year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Just kidding. Uh, I had uh, a few friends out yesterday. It's my, uh, I, I'm, I'm golfed out. Oh, yeah. From the from Ireland, uh, from Ireland, yeah, it uh, took a, a golf beating, an enjoyable one, but yeah, you, it's a lot of golf in a small period of time, right? Yeah. And it's uh, and it's and it's tough golf, so you know it starts to wear on you a little bit. Uh, what happens after the golf is tough too. Well, that's that <laughs> we won't even get. It was a legendary. A legendary crew for after golf. I still can't get over some of the things I witnessed. Unbelievable. So we've got a, a busy show. I joked off the top about you know the PGA Tour back and, and yada yada. And you know last week uh, it felt like a bit of a slow week in the golf community. It felt like an off week. It felt like a week that maybe we should have been at home with our feet up, kind of kind of Saturday morning. Yep. This week, not so much. This week almost feels like we are right back. In, in the heart of the golf season. We do have the inaugural event of the new season on the PGA Tour, the uh, a military tribute at the Greenbrier. So the PGA Tour is going. European Tour is going. Solheim Cup is going. Last event at uh, PGA Tour Canada. Last chance to officially uh, stamp your passport to the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. By the way, had my bowl of Corn Ferry, uh, ferry Flakes this morning. <laughs> Very feeling, good. Feeling ready to go. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, news from Tiger. 
player co- controversial player of the year announcement this yeah. week. It is a lot. It is a lot. We're going to get to it today. We're going to hear from Adam Stanley. He's going to join us from the Canada Life Championship down in London, Ontario, which is the final McKenzie Tour event of the season. We'll get you caught up on everything. And Bob and Adam and I, an hour or two, will we'll go a little deeper into this player of the year, this Kepka Rory situation, which has caused a lot of people to kind of come out of the woodwork with opinions on, on what actually went down here. Tons to get to on a busy Saturday here in September. But first, some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Bushnell Golf. For precision in any condition, visit BushnellGolf.com. Bushnell, the number one rangefinder in golf. Well, right off the top, Bob, immediately out of the gates on the PGA Tour season, Kevin Chappell shoots a 59 it is the 11th sub-60 round in PGA Tour history. The second time it has been done at uh, TPC Old White, which is historic, because now TPC Old White becomes the only venue to have two official sub-60s on the PGA Tour. And the amazing thing to me on this, we're 10 months removed from back surgery. Kevin, Kevin Chapel couldn't walk 10 months ago. Yeah, it's a great story. It's his first start, Bob. He had the microdiscectomy, that popular surgery or surgery made popular by Tiger Woods. And, of course, Graham Dillette's had a couple. Um, and, and he said, yeah, it was a little unusual. So he started on the 10th hole, made a par, and then bogey, or birdied the, next, the rest of the, the back nine and came around and um, rolled it in. So that's the second time it's been done on that golf course. The first time was Stuart Appleby yes, I remember in 2010. That. And it seemed, it's, I thought it was, uh, I, th- I couldn't remember the last time it had been done on the PGA Tour, but it was a year ago, Brant Snedeker did it at the Wyndham Championship in 2018, well, 2018, I 20, guess, a yeah. few years ago. His, this one's an 11 under, because, you know, there's different... Yes, yeah, sure, different pars, There's right? different pars and stuff, right. so some of the guys, like Adam Hadwins, was a 13 under. Right, that this, was in Palm Springs. That's right. Um, Kevin Sutherland on the Champions Tour had it. And there's been, an, I was looking online at some of the other, there's been a bunch of uh, 57s on other tours. Yes, other tours. And there was, is, uh, and there's been, a, I know there's a 158 by Jim Furyk on the PGA Tour. Yeah. There's also, there was also a 58, I believe, it's either Nota Begay or Jason Bond in a USGA qualifier once they shot 58. So yeah, other tours. Yeah. Well, there's a cool story um, about the Canadian Tour when it was the Canadian mm-hmm. Tour, Jason Bone. Shot a 13 under par. He shot 58 with a bogey. That's what I'm it. thinking of. And okay. that was the um, that was the week of 9/11. And the only reason they played that tournament was because nobody could go anywhere. They said, so they "Well, said, hey, we're here. here. Might as well play." Really? And he shot it up in Sarnia. Interesting story. There you go. Well, congratulations, to Kevin Chappell, and a hell of a comeback with 36 holes to go. We'll get you a leaderboard update later on in the show on what's happening at the Greenbrier. By the way, I don't know if you, you got a chance to see any of the coverage, but he made an eight-footer to save par on his 17th hole, and then missed an eight-footer for 58 on the, on his final hole. So, but great playing by Kevin Chappell. Solheim Cup is on their way. We'll get into a little bit uh, more about this uh, later on in the program. But right now, Europe leading the United States six and a half to five and a half so a very tight Solheim Cup uh, very competitive and uh, man you got to think uh, the PGA Tour is wishing they get a President's Cup leaderboard that looks like this a little later on <laughs> yeah exactly and they're just about to go out for the afternoon rounds and the big news here is that the Corda uh, uh, sisters who've been basically mm-hmm. playing not necessarily together but they've been they've, they've been ripping it up so they're not going out in the afternoon right now six and a half year of five and a half and uh, the matches are actually underway now. So the um, first match uh, is going right out there right now. Rory McIlroy. Yes. 
Player of the Year as voted on by his peers. We will get into this deeper later on the show because this is a much bigger, I think, conversation than uh, news and headlines. But out of the gates, Bob, when you heard it, your initial instinct was blank. Shock. Or maybe surprise. Maybe not shock. Surprise. And... I immediately <laughs> turned to Twitter, of course. Of course. And all the conspiracy theorists were out there saying, you know, how does a guy with a major not win? And it's only, it has happened before a couple yeah. times. Of course, Tiger did Tiger it. Tiger 2013, five wins, no majors. And, but there was a lot of people who sit there and think, well, the, he won the Players' Championship, yeah. he won the Tour Championship, and subsequently the FedEx Cup. Those are PGA Tour events. Hmm, I wonder and if are... the PGA Tour maybe had a few extra ballots in there. They don't release, no. they don't release who, how, who people voted right. for. The other one that was interesting, I was talking with someone who said, I wonder how many people actually vote. Like, do these guys, does everybody does vote? Everybody or vote? It, or it could be like bail? 30 people? Or? Who knows? Yeah. And, again, we'll get into this later in the show. Most people I spoke to, the immediate thing out of there. My initial reaction was that maybe we put too much weight in the majors as media. And maybe the players themselves went... You know, three wins are three wins. And if you look at what he did outside of those three wins is consistency. Maybe they're looking at it differently than we are. A lot of people, initial instinct is, this is a popularity contest for the players. They don't like Kepka. They don't like how outspoken he is. 14 and 19 uh, tournaments, he was in the top 10, Rory McIlroy. Right. So he had a really good year. And when like, a lot of guys don't like what Brooks Kepka, you know, his performance in a lot of other tournaments was not that. Although... Could have won multiple majors. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into Talk it later in the second half poll, of the show. There's a poll, by the way. I put a poll up on, All right. on, my, on my Twitter. Right. You can vote for uh, either Rory, Brooks, or somebody else. We'll get into That's it. That's you, somebody else. That, I'm, I'm the other? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm counting on you, Golf Talk Canada fans. All right, let's, uh, we'll jump into that later in the show. Tiger Woods signs off on a President's Cup blog as Tiger Woods. President's Cup captain, line through it. Players captain. Playing, playing captain. captain. Excuse me. Playing captain. Is he toying with us? Is he telling us he's picking himself? Is he doing this just to have a, a fun with, with, with? What is this all about? He Bob? is just, I think this is just a needle. I think he's just having a little fun, trying to stir the pot a little bit ahead right. of the uh, ahead of the, comp, the picks that are So right up. now you believe he is not selecting himself? I don't think so. All right. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later in the show as well. Gene Elliott, congratulations to him. He wins the uh, 2019 Senior Men's Canadian Amateur that happened this week at Cedar Bray. Yeah, second, uh, second win for Gene. He won it also in 2017. And they had some pretty gusty wins yesterday to play in. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good very finish. challenging. All right. Busy show for you. But on the other side, we're going to hear from the man who just shot 59. Kevin Chappell. We'll hear from him as well as Taylor Pendrith, who's got a chance to win again this week on PGA Tour Canada. He's coming off his win last week, which was his second win of the season. He's looking for the hat trick here in the 2019 campaign on Mackenzie Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. Yeah, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. This is a keynote weeks. Greenbrier, first PGA Tour event of the year. Scotty Scheffler, you say who? Yaki Neiman, 13 under par alongside Robbie Shelter. They're your uh, tie for the lead at top of this leaderboard with 36 holes to go. But Kevin Chappell, only three back. Bob, he opened with a 71. 
and then fired his historic 59 in the second round, only his second round since his return from back surgery. Out of all these sub-60 rounds that have been shot on the PGA Tour, um, do you have a favorite? You know, Obviously, we could all go point Adam Hadwin because Yeah, I Canadian. mean, Hadwin's was good. I think... Uh... I mean, I think the first one with Al Geiberger was mm-hmm. pretty cool. There's some cool stories about that where, uh, he, you know, like PJ Tour players usually change their ball every three or four holes or whatever. Apparently he used the same ball for all 18 holes. And there was an old, years ago when I was first starting out in the business, I ran into this guy who was the AP writer. His name was Bob Green. And apparently he told me the story that when Al Geiberger came into the, into the press room after shooting 59, the first time anyone had ever done it, He's, they said, how does it feel to shoot 59? And his comment was, you know, if I'd made that putt on 12, it would have been 58. <laughs> it's <not laughs> just like it always be better, right? It doesn't matter what you shoot. You know, it's a funny thing you say about the golf ball because Kevin Chappell has a, has a ritual, has a, a um, superstition. After a birdie, he changes his golf ball every time. Mm. In this round, <laughs> he ran out of golf balls yeah. to change. He couldn't change balls anymore. So he had to stick with his golf ball uh, for the last few holes. And he said he knew he wasn't going to make that putt because he said I hadn't changed my ball. I knew I wasn't going to make that putt on the last hole for birdie because it wasn't a fresh golf ball. It's interesting, too, to see how many guys don't win the tournament after shooting mm. uh, shooting that, you know, like so. so That's why David Duvall is probably my favorite 59 because it was on the final round yes. to win the hope. And I really, that was a fun one to watch. That's right. So, uh, Brant Snedeker won yep. his tournament. Uh, Justin Thomas won. Uh, Adam Hadwin did not. He finished second. So, you can go down the list there. Did uh, Furyk win when he shot 58? Uh, he did not when he shot 59. When he shot 58, he tied for fifth. Like that. <laughs> That's amazing, huh? Oh, it's so good. All right, Kevin Chappell, what a comeback from 10 months ago going under the knife for major back surgery. Here he is back again after 59, three shots off the lead, heading to the weekend. Um, you know, I made it on seven to get to, I guess, 11, par, 11 under par in the day, and I just told my caddy I wanted to shoot 57. Um, you know, I'm just trying to keep the mindset, keep your foot on the gas, and, and uh, you know, let's, let's attack. And, you know, hit a poor shot in there into eight and made, made a good two-putt. And then on the last hole, um, you know, had a great look at 58 and maybe, maybe underread the putt a little bit. But um, all in all, you know, couldn't be happier with where I'm at um, and more proud of myself um, to do what I did uh, today. Put in perspective why you're so proud of yourself. I mean, 10 months ago, I was on the couch and couldn't walk. And so many people had a lot to do with getting me back out here and um, getting me competitive. Uh, So, you know, I haven't accomplished the goal yet. You know, there's a long weekend to go win the golf tournament, but this is a step in the right direction. The passion that it takes to compete at this level, to have an opportunity again after what you went through, to experience what you felt today. What's that mean to you? Yeah, there's probably as much growth uh, mentally as there was physically in that time off, and you know, gave me some perspective and what the game means to me, what my family means to me, and, and maybe why I play the game. And uh, you know, yesterday was a tough day, but I still enjoyed every all 71 shots I hit yesterday, and you know, I, enjoy, I enjoyed all 59 equally today. Belief is so important in this game. What does this round do for you now as you look forward to the rest of the year and coming back? I'd like to say I never stop believing, but it's always nice to see that you can do it and uh, have the evidence to uh, move forward. You know, we got a few shots to make up on the leaderboard this weekend, and it's going to take, you know, the mid-20s to probably win the golf tournament. So we got a long way to go. 
Well, obviously, Bob, very emotional. You can hear in his voice there. And just because you've done it before, 10 months away, major surgery, doesn't mean that you believe you can do it again. I'm sure this was a huge, huge round for Kevin. Sure, it just shows you you're back and you you have the ability again. By the way, uh, just one more interesting little nugget. Not the first 59 on a PGA Tour sanctioned uh, tour this year. Uh, Grayson Sig shot 59 at the, on the McKenzie Tour at the Golf BC Championship. And yesterday at the McKenzie Tour, I know we're going to get into this yeah. a little bit later, oh. uh, but um, Brian Car- Carlson shot 60. So yesterday. Some low numbers going Well, now, there. speaking of that, Bob, that's a lovely segue because <laughs> at the Canada Life Championship in London, Ontario, Brian Carlson has the lead after that 60. That's good for 12 under par, but that is also good for a one-shot lead over Taylor Pendrith. Now, Taylor... Uh, coming off a win last week, uh, coming off a win earlier in the year. He's looking for three wins in his uh, PGA Tour Canada McKenzie Tour season. He has stamped his ticket to Corn Ferry Tour, so he will get the uh, the big move to the to the next stage of his career. And you know, I've I'm like a, a record on repeat when I say winning breeds winning. And winning on any tour just kind of gives you the ability, that belief that Chapel was talking about, that you can get it done at the next stage of your career. Look at Tiger Woods and what he did at every level. Take a look at what they did with Michelle Wee and the position they put it, her in and, what's, right. and where her career path went. Um, that is a really big year for Taylor. Well, there's a big two more rounds very big for him because if you win... If you're the number one guy in the order of merit, you have a complete exemption. Full exemption. Right? If yeah. you're not, if you're two to five, you get kind of a partial one, which you probably will get into most tournaments anyway. So at right now, Taylor is second. He's $5,000 behind Paul Barjon of France, who sits, as we speak, in a tie for 39th. So this could be a very big, important last two rounds of the season. 36 for, uh, holes. For Taylor. And Adam Stanley's going to join us in hour two, who is down there in London, Ontario, and uh, give us a bit of a sneak peek of what's ahead of Taylor for the weekend. Let's hear from Taylor Pender. I think I hit a lot more fairways today. Uh, wedges were really good. Had a lot of good looks. Uh, a great, though, too. The scoreable holes, I felt, were downwind, so uh, you didn't, it, it was a, definitely an advantage. Especially the par fives. If you got a good drive and play, it was uh, pretty easy to uh, set yourself up for birdie. I got another injection this morning, um, and they hit the right spot, so um, I was able to take the club back fine with no pain, uh, which was nice. I was hitting the ball a lot farther than I was uh, yesterday. Some of the shorter par fours and um, drive the green or around the green. So it's uh, yeah, I love it. Bob, uh, 63, good position. So Taylor has, the, you heard him referring to getting a shot there. He's got a, a bad shoulder right now, and he's had a cortisone shot uh, after the f- before the first round and didn't really take, so he really had to adjust his game, and uh, he had the sec- a second cortisone shot, and that seems to have worked. So uh, these guys, the one thing about this tour is you play every event. You cannot take a week off right. or you're going to lose ground. So these guys are, are, you talk about guys in the PGA Tour being worn out or whatever, these guys are really all beat up and being held together by duct tape and... Uh, right bolts and things right now, so he, I'm sure these guys are looking forward to getting to Sunday after when it's all done. Well, we'll be keeping our eye on Taylor over the le- over the next 36. Scully, are you back there? Where's Skull? Is he available? Scully, grab on the mic there for me, would you, in a sec. Adam had the opportunity to speak with Rebecca Lee Betham, 
Bentham. Uh, yeah. Bentham, excuse me, which he went to high school with, actually. Played on the golf team. Yes, and uh, she was on the comeback road. And yes. we're going to run this interview next. But before we do, I wanted to get a little uh, tee up here, Adam. Tee, tee this up because you went deep with Rebecca. It's an extensive interview. We're going to run it. It's entirely in the next segment. So I just want I want to be able to peg this up properly. Uh, uh, what you guys get into in this? Yeah, so we spoke about her comeback uh, to professional golf. Uh, we spoke about her playing against the men last week uh, with a caddy who we know very well, Mr. T.J. Rule. Oh, T.J. was on her back. He never told me this. Well, <laughs> you'll have to hear the story of how they meet. That's coming up next on Golf there Talk Canada. There you go. Okay, there it is. <laughs> plus, gonna... plus, we also talk about our days in high school together. Oh, uh, what, a... what were you benching in high school? <laughs> Not a lot. I was more. It was more of a. I was more of a hockey player. Back yeah, then, I know. So. I'm just wondering if you might. You know, you're down 200 pounds in the squats and the benches somewhere. Yeah. Have we broken any records in my absence? No. Nothing. No. Eh? No. Been... I'm going for reps now. Oh, what okay. a high school golf team he played on. Though. Yes. He was the weak link because yeah. they had Albin Choi, yeah, Richard Jung, who's playing over in yeah. PG Tour China, and Rebecca Lee Bentham. Insane. He's so the only one who stayed, Scully stayed is, amateur. Scully has his four handicap is the man on the outside yeah, looking in. Exactly. Yeah. Get yeah. that get that stinky four handicap uh, un- out of here. Unfortunately, there wasn't as much recoil back then. So. <laughs> oh. no. All right. That's great. All right. We're going to hear that interview next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit tailormade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit golfawaytours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts. Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Rebecca Lee Bentham, former LPGA player on the comeback trail. Took the last year or so into, into teaching, took a step away from the competitive game. She's back on the comeback trail. She had an opportunity to play on the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada a week ago as well. So she is deep back into it. The juices are going. She had an opportunity to speak with our producer, Adam Scully. And now joined by Rebecca Lee Bentham, who just had a great week uh, on the McKenzie Tour playing against the men uh, last week. Uh, first of all, Rebecca, thanks so much for joining us. No worries. It's uh, yeah, an honor to be on here. It's funny because we go way back. We actually uh, went to high school way back in the day, and uh, we'll actually get, get into that a little later uh, in this interview. But uh, first of all, let's start off with last week, playing against the, the men on the McKenzie Tour. First of all, uh, how did that all come about for you? Um, so it just started off. I got a message from a friend that I used to play junior golf with. She actually works for the PGA of Canada, mm-hmm. uh, the tour. So then she kind of reached out with the opportunity. At first, I was hesitant because I was like, there's no way I'm going to compete against them from their yardages. But um, I, I saw it as like a good opportunity like to challenge myself. Um, this year, I don't have status on any tour. So kind of taking any opportunity to play competitively as I can because I have Q school this year um, that I want to get through. Um, so just kind of using it as more for experience than anything. Amazing. And, and that experience was uh, was pretty darn good. You just barely uh, missed the cut. But what, overall, what was the experience like for you? It was great. I actually had a lot of support. Um, like once I kind of st- stood foot at the course, um, I was 
arriving on Monday, I drove in and went to the tea because we were only allowed to play in the afternoon. And then um, there's actually another guy waiting and he asked to join me. And I was like, oh, I didn't think another guy would want to play with me, but sure. And then we played. We had a lot of fun. He was really helpful because um, he was a member of the tour. So he obviously has experience with how everything works. Um, kind of gave me the ins and outs of what I kind of can't do. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know that we could use um, the Bushnells and oh. the rangefinders, so things, little things like that. I was like really appreciative of him kind of letting me know. Um, he was super friendly, um, encouraging, so it was fun. Um, and then obviously the media kind of uh, was behind me too. It was kind of cool to do all that stuff, and they let me tour Montreal on the Wednesday. Um, so it was a lot of fun actually to be there. And then in terms of yardages, uh, how much longer was the golf course playing uh, than something that you would typically play? Um, I guess when I was on the LPGA Tour and just kind of tournaments I play, you typically tee off from around 6,600 yards, right. uh, give or take. And then um, last week was about 7,000. They kind of had to play it from the very tips. And it's funny because most guys were like, yeah, it's kind of short for us. <laughs> It wasn't really the course. It was just knowing that they were hitting driver wedges to par fours, and then every par five they can reach in two, which is hard to compete against when I'm hitting a very long iron or a hybrid. Um, I even had a three-wood into a green, so <laughs> that's the, the difference. <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned the Bushnell uh, earlier, and uh, obviously uh, in regards to the Bushnell, uh, you have caddies on that tour, and of course uh, your caddy is someone who we're very familiar with here on Golf Talk Canada, part of our, our GTC family, and that's TJ Rule. Uh, what was it like having him on the bag, and what's your relationship like with him? Uh, he's awesome. So we first met when I played in Bermuda, Earlier in the season, mm-hmm. um, he played in the M um, division, and he's good friends with some of the guys that I got paired up with. So he ended up following our group, and very casually, we kind of just started a conversation, and everyone kind of hung out after. So he's a real cool guy. And then he told me kind of stories about how he caddied for Eugene Wong mm-hmm. um, on the on the tour, on the Canadian tour, and they won two for two. So I was like, oh gosh, I need to kind of have you on my bag because I want to win too. So I hired him earlier this year when I played in the DCM Women's Championship and uh, we won by like four shots. So I was like, I'm so glad that I continued your streak. Um, But he's just so good with just knowing how to kind of keep the player even keel um, and really good with club selections. And uh, I can trust him with like any advice. So that really helps. Oh, that's awesome. I, I can't wait to talk to TJ about that next time he's on our show, because uh, we, we have him on our show probably two or three times a year. That's uh, that's amazing. But uh, let's go back now. Um, obviously, back in around 2016, you decided to, to stop your aspirations for professional golf. Uh, looking back right now, what were some of the major reasons that you decided to, uh, to stop playing professionally? Um, I think it's just everything's kind of falling into place where I lost um, my status on the LPGA Tour, so I was kind of playing more on the Symmetra Tour. Um, I went through some injuries beforehand, so I was coming out of injury, um, hoping to kind of make my way back, but wasn't playing as well as I wanted to. Emotionally, it was tough because I was missing a lot of cuts by one, and mentally that's super draining, knowing like, oh man, you're so close, and missing all these cuts by one, and you're trying to figure out what is that, um, what's that one key thing that's missing, and you're just searching can't find it so um in the end i wasn't happy and i wasn't enjoying what i was doing 
a lot of financial stress without Mm -hmm. sponsorships, stuff like that, um, decided, you know what, I think it's time to figure out what else life has to offer kind of feeling. Um, So decided to pack my bag from Florida and move back to Toronto, be closer to family because that's something I really missed. And um, then actually a friend of mine, actually I didn't know him at the time, but I was a good friend of mine, Riley Ryle, reached out to me and said, hey, I see you're not going to be playing anymore, but I think you'd be great at coaching. Um, Would you like to work with me? So I kind of took that opportunity, um, worked with him for a little while, but it was kind of far from where I was with Mm -hmm. the drive. Mm -hmm. So eventually I kind of did my own thing with the coaching. And then that's kind of where I developed my passion for the game because I felt like I was giving back a little more. Um, kind of like a bigger picture with more purpose rather than kind of focusing on myself all the time. Um, I love working with the kids, um, seeing them improve. So I think that's what kind of stirred up my passion for the game again. That's awesome. Now, uh, do you think your coaching experience when you did coach those uh, younger uh, teens and and adults, uh, do you think that's made you become a better player now? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So at the beginning when I started coaching, I was really bad at it. Because um, <laughs> I was always focused on what I, I need to work on. I didn't really, uh, I didn't know how to help others really with the golf game. Because I would see someone swing. Um, I would kind of start with telling them to fix something kind of like at the top of the swing. And then I'd be like, you know what? Oh, yeah, your grip's actually messed up. And then I'd be like, you know what? You're aiming like way too far right. And then I would tell them like 10 things. And I was like, oh, man, this is not helping them. Um, but it was kind of learning more of the basics where to start off Mm -hmm. and then kind of going from there. And that kind of helped me um, develop a lot of like knowledge about my own game too. Cause I didn't think I knew enough of the fundamentals to go back on. I was always other people telling me to work on things too. Like all of the back of your swing looks like this or your shot or little things like that. Mm -hmm. But I needed really to build my own foundation. Right on. Now, uh, early in 2019, now we fast forward a couple of years. Uh, you've obviously decided to to give the pro game, pro game a shot again. Uh, was there a turning point for you? What changed? What made you decide to you know get that fire back at, and try to play this game professionally? Yeah, so it's funny because um, as I was coaching, I did feel like my game got a lot better. Um, I didn't practice as much. Well, I didn't really practice at all, but I felt like my swing just got better when I was hitting balls. I felt like I gave a little distance, um, and just mentally I felt like I was more fresh, but I never wanted to go back. I was like, you know what, I wasn't happy. I didn't ever really feel happy back into, on tour, so why would I want to go back to that lifestyle when I'm super happy now? Mm-hmm. Um, so people would try to convince me here and there. Obviously, my parents would always be like, why don't you go back? But I told them that I wasn't happy, um, and now I'm happy doing what I'm doing, um, but then I went to California for a couple of weeks last December on vacation. And then I met up with a lot of old friends. And then there was a couple guys that I know who actually caddy on the PJ Tour. Mm-hmm. One caddies for JJ Spawn and the other one caddies for Mackenzie Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just know them just because they kind of caddy a little bit on the LP Tour or have connections. And they kind of were like, again, hey, Rebecca, like, you're so good. Why aren't you on the LPG Tour? Why did you stop? And I tried to explain to them, too. I'm like... <laughs> I don't want to go back. <laughs> um, but they kind of showed a lot of support. Um, they're like, if you were to ever go back, like, I would happily, like, pay for your Q school. Like, that's how much we believe wow. in you. Really think that you should go for it. And I was like, wow, that's that's huge. But still, again, you need to still convince me. And then I had um, 
just a lot of series of events that happened that two weeks where I met up with a friend who was like, you need to, like a lot of people said I need to move to California, but the one actually offered me a place to stay for free. Um, and said, if you need anything, like, let us know. And then another person was like, hey, I have a golf course that I own. Um, you should use it if you need to do anything with it. And I was like, wow, how come I'm having all these cool offers? And then they kind of all aligned because the golf course was five minutes from that house. And, and the two people don't even know each other. It just so happened. And I was like, wow. And then all these things just came about. Like, I had a, a car to drive. And I was like, this opportunity doesn't just show up like without reason so I was like thinking and then funny thing is I started having dreams um I had dreams in the past where like I would always be anxious to hit a golf shot but then during that time I would have dreams of me golfing and like actually enjoying it and it's like symbolic because I like saw like birdies on the tee block and I was like oh that's so cool <laughs> so I just thought all, all of it like as just signs like oh maybe I should just give it one more shot and see what happens if anything it's going to help my coaching career it's going to just be good for more experience and exposure so then the first day that I actually was like okay I'm in California now I'm going to start practicing I felt so much joy hitting golf balls and I never felt wow. that in my life that that's amazing to hear, and you know, as they always say, everything happens for a reason. So uh, it, it seems like you're, you're d- definitely uh, here on the comeback uh, trail. Now, since you stopped playing the game uh, professionally to now, where you're back playing professionally, how much have you changed, both on and off the golf course? Oh, a lot. I've learned so much during my time off. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people ask me, like, do you regret taking the time off? And I always tell them, no, that was like the best kind of three years of my life where I got to figure a lot of things out for myself. Um, like, I finally feel like that I'm free. Um, I felt like a lot of things were holding me back in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of, I guess, not anxiety, but I always kind of um, put what other people thought of me first, and I felt like my results in golf dictated that. And so when I didn't play as well as I wanted to, I always felt down. When I played well, I was on a high, but it was very short-lived. So it was tough to be happy. Um, and then when I stopped playing golf, I saw that there's so much more to life than just what you shoot on a golf course. Mm-hmm. And um, stuff like family and just knowing that you have people who just love you and care for you no matter what. And it doesn't matter what your score is. And um, I created really good friendship um, back at home and just enjoying time with them. Um, and then giving back to community, kind of, uh, I got, like, at church I served and found a lot there too. So all that experience helped me find like what really matters in my life. That's fantastic. Uh, fantastic to hear. Um, now, so you recently just got through first stage of LPGA uh, Q School. Uh, tell, tell our listeners uh, what's next for you. Yeah, so the second stage will now be in Venice, Florida. So mm-hmm. I'll probably make my way there um, early October, try to prepare for that um, in the coming weeks. And then if I get when I get through that, the next stage is in North Carolina at Pinehurst. And that Oof. is like a two-week stretch. Yeah, it's called the Q-Series, and it's eight rounds. So, <laughs> yeah, it's quite the uh, journey to get the tour card back. Oh, my God. Well, hey, if, if you need a caddy for that, I played Pinehurst back in May. Uh, I, did, I broke 80 once, so, you know. Oh, 
Uh, now, a couple, a couple more before we let you go. Um, obviously, uh, in your time off uh, here, and now obviously she's still doing great things, um, you know, there's another Canadian, and that's Brooke Henderson. Uh, how inspiring is it for you to see a, a young Canadian like her and other young Canadians coming up in the game having, having the success uh, specifically that she's had? Yeah, it's awesome to see because obviously there's a lot of Canadians doing really well right now, and we all kind of grew up playing golf together. So it's nice to kind of root each other on and see each other succeed because then it motivates us to do the same and know that it is attainable, right? So Mm -hmm. the more we see it, the more we believe that we can do it, and I think that's huge in kind of our journeys too. Right on. Now, okay, before I let you go, I tease this off the top, but we did go to high school together back at Northview Heights Secondary School, and a special shout-out to the uh, APCA program. Um, and for a yeah. one year, for a brief amount of time, uh, there was a golf team uh, that we actually shared with uh, Albin, Albin Choi, Richard Jung, and then, of course, there was me. Uh, but uh, for you, how much did going to that high school, and specifically that athletic program, uh, help you? Oh, yeah, Uh I think it was very beneficial for me to go there just because the flexibility of the program that allows me to kind of have more time to practice, also be able to travel to tournaments, and um, the teachers just being kind of flexible with me to catch up kind of at my own time and helping me on the side. Um, So I think that's why I was kind of able to succeed both academically and with golf. Um, And it was fun being alongside other athletes. I think that's always a good environment to be around where you see other athletes kind of see how hard they work, right? And you know that you're not alone. Um, And it's cool to see how, like, uh, successful, like, Richard's doing on the Asian tour in in China and Japan. And obviously, Albin is working his way back because he's he's had a lot of success um, in the past, working hard now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's funny because I actually went to school with Taylor Pendrith, too, um, in grade nine. So before I transferred to Northview, I went to Bayview Secondary School. Right. um, Yeah, I went to school with Taylor. And so it's cool to see him do amazing. Like last week, shoot 262. That was pretty incredible. (laughs) Well, it's, it's such a small world. Rebecca, you were always one of the hardest working students in our class. Congrats on your success. It's amazing to see you doing so well. And we'll be sure to update our Golf Talk Canada audience on your progress as you move forward here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a great interview. Well done there, Scullies. And apparently Skulls only hangs out with good players, Bob. I guess so. That's right. I imagine that's a pretty powerful uh, high school golf team. I was going to say, wow, they must have won everything. Yeah. I, oh, great. They're coming out to play. I wonder if Scully got any starts. Was uh, he like the fourth fourth guy? Was he, did he have to that. carry the bags? I said during Scully time. <laughs> yeah, no exactly. guy. No guy. <laughs> Love it. All right, on the other side, we'll get you uh, set up for hour two and get you caught up for everything that is coming in GTC over the offseason, which absolutely does not exist. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. As we wrap up the front side, hour one of Golf Talk 
Canada. Lots coming up from Golf Talk Canada Radio throughout the years. We never move. We never leave these chairs, Bob. There's nope. always someone in this chair talking golf. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but Golf Talk Canada TV, yes, our regular season has gone away, but our specials return at the end of September with our first 60-minute special, which is our Tourism Ireland Travel Special, which is basically a documentation of my journey to Northern Ireland and, and visiting some of the best courses of Ireland and Europe and the world, really, and looking forward to putting that together. That'll air at the end of September, end of October, the tailor-made uh, 60-minute equipment special. End of November, the first ever top 100 PGA Tour of Canada list. So what the PGA Tour of Canada... PGA of Canada. PGA of Canada, excuse me, thank you. PGA of Canada, the members of the PGA of Canada voting on the top 50 private and the top 50 resort public. will unveil that in a special the end of November. And then in December, around Christmas and New Year's, of course, it's list season yes. here on, uh, on TSN and year in review season here on TSN for about seven, eight days. Along the along around the World Juniors, it seems that every other program is here in review. This unless that, <laughs> top of course, of that, top yeah, of this. and we'll do our year in review as well for Golf Talk Canada TV at the end of December. And of course, in the radio world, we'll do our usual three, four, three to four part year review specials as well and break down the year that was. 2019 in the world of golf. Now, speaking of the year that was 2019 in the world of golf, on the other side, in hour two, we're going to get into this player of the year conversation with Adam. And, you know, did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Why did it go? What, what do we feel went down here? Because there's theories going. Mm. There's a lot of theories the everywhere. Theorists. Yes, very much. There was more than one shooter on the, on the grassy <laughs> knoll in, in this one here with Rory McIlroy winning player of the year. Also, is uh, Tiger Woods just teasing us? With this uh, playing captain, is this legit? Is he poking the bear? We'll take a look as well at uh, at uh, Bob's uh, Twitter poll as well. Right Where now, are we at right now, Bob? Right now, uh, Rory McIlroy is edging out in front. He is not edging. He's up by twenty percent. He's got fifty eight percent. To Brooks Kepka has thirty eight percent, and someone else, which is you, of course, mm-hmm. is four percent. That for, would include you. Someone else it would include both of us. Actually, thank you, and both, Scully. And Scully, four percent. Thank you very much. Uh, again, and that begs the question in the Twitter universe, especially, and it begs the question: Is this just a popularity contest? Aha! Uh-huh. you are fake news. Uh, that's it. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Um, you know, uh, I know one thing: Rory's not orange, uh, but I do know he's way more popular. And Brooks Kapka spends less time combing his hair. There you go. All right. On the other side, we're going to get into all this, but we'll kick it off first, Bob, with your favorite. Three dub. Ooh, Winners weird and what? Kicking off hour two. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision in the golf course. It always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada for blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at golftalkcanada.com. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back. GTC Hour 2 and a busy Hour 2. Adam Stanley is going to be by momentarily to talk a little PGA Tour Canada, McKenzie Tour, as they are wrapping up their season down in London, Ontario. We've got Scully time. We'll jump into Tiger Woods. Playing captain, player of the year, Kepka, Rory, our poll, and get you caught up on all leaderboards in the world of golf. But first... It's that time of the show, Bob's favorite three dub winners, weird and what, and Bob, the T is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Look, it went further than your ball. All right, Mark, my uh, winner this week is a sad, sad one. Uh, We had to say goodbye to um, a great guy in the golf community this week, former GM and golf professional at Credit Valley Golf and Country Club, Ian Webb, who passed away on uh, September 8th after a battle with brain cancer. He was 54 years old. One of the most popular guys in the golf community in this city. Was a great mentor to so many people. Started off in Peterborough and then went to Credit Valley and eventually moved from the professional to being the GM. Just a lovely guy. And had such great support from the whole golf community. In fact, Jack Nicholas tweeted out a Saw little bit of, uh, of a note to him. They had this whole campaign, Webby Strong, and uh, we're going to miss Webby. He was a great guy. Uh, but he's, he, one of the things he said when he was knew his time was coming was he said he wanted to leave a scholarship for someone else in the business. So they've created this scholarship, a bunch of... Uh, Golf professionals and club managers got together, and I think they raised something like $65,000 in one night. And so his legacy will live on, but we will certainly miss Ian Webb. There will be a a celebration of his life uh, at Credit Valley on uh, Wednesday the 18th of this week. So uh, life cuts short way too soon. Yeah, uh, condolences to to his family and and all his loved ones. And uh, it shows how, how well he was liked and the reach of his career, although he left us way too soon, with the rallying of the golf community mm-hmm. around him in the last year. Exactly. Uh, so, well done. Uh, now, my weird this week takes us down to Florida, as usual. Mm. <laughs> and A lot of weird things. Always. I know. Now, if this you... from the... Hold on. Are we going to the villages? No, we're oh, not. Okay. All right. This is a we're different not Martin. visiting the villages. We're going to Martin County, Florida. Okay. Now, if you had to put your money on a race mm. between a helicopter and a golf cart... Who would you bet on? I have the helicopter every time. Well, I think most people would, except <laughs> except for a gentleman uh, who decided, his name is Jerome Inman, and he decided that he was going to try and outrun a helicopter with a golf cart. Interesting. So this guy and a bunch of his friends, but the other friends took off apparently, were on an auto theft crime spree, and they were You're right. stealing cars. Anyway, they burglarized a number of vehicles before making a getaway in a a stolen car. They stopped into the gas station where they later crashed into it. Love it. They crashed the car. Yes. So uh, Mr. Inman decided to take off on foot. So he went through a wooded area and he ended ended up at the Hammock Creek Golf Club in Palm City. He stole a golf cart after from people who were actually golfing. Come on. He kicked them off with a handgun and said, Oh my lord. He said he had a handgun. He never actually saw it. Kicked them off, jumped in that and started to take off. Now, I'm not sure where he thought he was going to go. Right. But the helicopter came down and kind of caught up with him, and um, unfortunately, he was nailed. He's been charged with grand theft auto, and he remains in the Martin County Jail. So my instincts... such an idiot here. <laughs> my instincts were accurate that the helicopter wins. Yes, is that, yeah. the helicopter it, did win. It is amazing what people think of on a diet of vodka, Mountain Dew, and Red Bull. I just, <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's right. 
Uh, and then my what this week is, what is it lately with people going driving their cars onto golf courses and ripping up greens? Ah. I was looking through my reports this, mm-hmm. this morning, as mm-hmm. I always do. I always try to find a little police thing that ties mm-hmm. in with golf and stuff. And there were three different stories mm-hmm. about people driving onto golf courses and ripping up greens. Mm-hmm. One was at Trump Bedminster. I've got that in my winner's weird one. Oh, you do? Yes, it's okay. Still, Go ahead. Okay. No, no. Covered Bridge uh, out in Nova Scotia where they just had the Canadian Junior. Right. And also another one out there in, uh, in Harland. Three golf courses yes. in a week. Vandalizing. Yeah. There's a little something more interesting attached to the Trump Bedminster, which is why it yours. made three so. dub there. <laughs> yeah, so, so. But it, what is going on, Bob? What do you think know. people are doing? Why do you think someone would do that? Like, I just don't understand why. What, what's the thrill yeah, of going I would, Even as a course. kid, you know, like, boy... Girls were never like that, but even boys as kids, some boys were like, they like to smash things. I was never, I never understood anything destructive. No. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't either. get it either. What the, but. what the joys are anyway. Mm-hmm. They've all been uh, captured. Okay, Mark, uh, the tea is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, my winner this week, Bob, is the Empire State Building, and and I don't know what? if you saw, uh, it would would have been Arnold Palmer's 90th birthday this yes. week, and there was like uh, some obviously some celebration on the Golf Channel, people tweeting out, a lot of social media on, you know, Arnie's birthday and what Arnie meant to them, etc. But the Empire State Building, very cool. They lit it up on his 90th birthday in red, white, green, and yellow, the Palmer umbrella colors, and they did that for the entire uh, day of, uh, entire evening of his 90th birthday, and I thought that was a very cool tribute to the king. Arnie is uh, still loved years after he left, and and by the way, we should point out that he shared a birthday with Brooke Henderson. Oh, yes, that's right. He turned 22. Very cool. So, uh, I love it, and I just, I thought that, you know, because... Arnie's reach well beyond the golf community. Yes. Right? And that shows you right there. Uh, My weird, to piggyback on your what about vandalism and the vandalism of greens at golf course, and you suggested one of them this week was at Trump Bedminster in New Jersey, which is uh, one of uh, Trump's actually best properties probably, certainly on this side of the pond. What makes it my weird this week, that vandalism, is the guy... Who vandalized those golf cor- uh, that golf course, Richard McEwen, who is 26 years of age. It actually happened on Tuesday of this week, and he's been charged with criminal mischief. Is the same guy that last month broke in to Taylor Swift's beach home. Wow. Yes, so he, he, he got uh, charged with uh, breaking and entering into Taylor Swift's beach home. And now, uh, after like pretty much a, a, a immediate release, I think he spent one night in county or whatever, got fined for breaking into Taylor's beach home, has now vandalized Trump's golf course. So there's something wrong, uh, something not wired properly with Richard McEwen. He keeps getting out. He keeps committing crime, but nothing uh, major enough to keep him locked up. So I'm worried. Something's going to happen with this guy. He's a little strange. Also, you want to hear something even weirder about this guy? Yes, I would. When he broke into Taylor Swift's beach house, yep. he took his shoes off when he entered. Well, don't want to mess it up. But that's what he said. He said, I was brought up properly. You take your shoes off when you go into someone's home. Lies. That's what oh, he lies. Yes. So maybe, unbelievable. Maybe he had sand from the beach. I don't know. This is absolutely bizarre. Wow. So <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, you know, because, you know, you know, Trumpy never does anything weird in a week. <laughs> so he finally got his name in the news, Bob. He finally got his name in the news. My what this week, what is going on at the Solheim Cup? Again, listen, slow play, 
It's proven. Slow play is a problem at every level of golf. We have documented it the entire year on the PGA Tour. We have documented what the European Tour is going to do in this upcoming season uh, to take some new measures to tackle slow play. We have talked about it, how it affects the growth of the game at the amateur level and the participation level and how time might be the greatest factor in our challenge to grow the sport. Not money, not access, but time. Well, here it is now in the LPGA Tour, their flagship international competition, the Solheim Cup, yesterday. They missed their TV window by 30 minutes. They missed their TV window. Five hours and 40 minutes uh, to, to get her done on the Friday. Uh, Lizette Salas highlighted is taking a minute and 12 seconds. A minute and 12 seconds. Not over a putt for the win. Not over a putt for the have. For an approach shot on the par 4 13th. A minute and 12 seconds. Uh uh, Julie Inkster, the uh, U.S. ladies captain, said, yes, it's a uh, difficult golf course. Yes, there's a lot of pressure, but it is painfully slow Oof. out there. That's, that's unbelievable. I know there's pressure on these things, and I know they got to think things over, but way too long. When you go off the air before you're done, that's, it's, like, brutal. It is, it is absolutely brutal, and, again, this, I, I'm not picking on the LPGA Tour, just highlighting that it is, it is through and through the tour, through and through the game, Something needs to be done. Yeah, it's crazy. So, That's crazy. On the other side, we are going to venture down to London, Ontario. It is the Canada Life Championship, and this is the final event on a PGA Tour Canada. Brian Carlson, he is your leader right now at 12 under par. He'll go off at 12.30 today. He is uh, coming off that round of 60 yesterday. But that is good for a one-shot lead over Taylor Penrith, who shot 63 yesterday. He is one off the pace. Taylor coming off a win last week. The Canadian has already had a win earlier in the year. So Taylor Penrith looking for three wins in the season. As Bob outlined, top five, make it to the web.com. Excuse me, put a dollar in the jar, Mark. The core. Corn Ferry Tour, make it immediately to the Corn Ferry Tour. But the person that is the Order of Merit winner, the number one spot, unconditional status. So playing for a lot this weekend, we'll talk to Adam Stanley about the next 36 coming up in London next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, welcome back to GTC. Just waiting to uh, connect with Adam Stanley down in London, Ontario, for the Canada Life Championship. Bob, um, I th- when I travel in abroad, following the PGA Tour, etc., I get a lot of comments from my colleagues uh, on PGA Tour Radio in the U.S. Of they uh, can't believe the success that's come off McKenzie Tour and the players that have had success from here right through, like 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 top of the food chain. Like there are some great stories from McKenzie Tour right to the big dance now on the PGA Tour. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the guys who finished, uh, who've made that jump, right? Yeah. Or guys who let's like like here's here's the guys who've won the Order of Merit over the last few years. Okay, Tyler McCumber, right? Uh, Kramer Hickok, right? Dan McCarthy, JJ Spawn, wow. Joel Damon. Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah. I mean, you look at those guys. Yeah. A bunch of winners in there. Graham Dillette was in there. I mean, there's lots of uh, Yeah, it's a real, like, you can see the path now. It's quite easy. They've done a great job with it. And uh, speaking of a great job with it, someone who does a great job with everything, he covers for uh, multiple sources. Uh, and a friend of Golf Talk Canada, Adam Stanley, now joining us now from Kennel Life Championship down Mackenzie Tour in London, Ontario. Adam, how you doing, man? Well, I don't have Adam we in my don't head. don't have Adam. I got a thumbs up. Maybe oh, not. Oh, maybe. someone just pressed the wrong button in there. Now we have him. Do we have him now? Hello, Adam. Hello. He can hear us, but I bet. Oh, it's okay. Uh, um, uh, they're having some board issues back there. Anyway, the so the leaderboard situation is 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 thus. Let me give you uh, an update on what we got going here. Brian Carlson, who shot 60 yesterday at the Highland Country Club. Uh, I'm going to assume that's the course record. He uh, he holds a one-shot lead over Taylor Pendrith from Canada. Uh Carlson is an American. Jeremy Paul from uh, is is at nine. It's Germany, I believe that flag. I think that is it's a right. German flag. That is, and uh, he's got uh, he's tied at nine under with Jonathan Garrick, Patrick Fishburn, and Eric McCardle, who are all at nine under and who are all Americans. The uh, oh. Canadian. This is the top sixty essentially. This is like the tour champion. All right, I'm being told we may have Adam now. All You're right, Adam, can, can you hear? Uh, can you hear me? We do not have Adam, gentlemen. <laughs> no guy. No guy. All right. We're having some phone issues this morning, apparently. Riley Wielden, James Allenby made it into the finals. Those are a couple of the other Canadians who made it into the top 60. So those top 60 keep their status on McKenzie Tour for right. next year. Right. That's guaranteed. But obviously, you try to get a little bit further up. And the purse for this one is a little bit bigger. It's 225 compared to 200,000. So that puts a few things into play here. Obviously, Taylor Pendrith uh, is looking to try and get that, as you mentioned, the third win, but also trying to get that top spot over Paul Barjan, who is down around 40th spot right now. So uh, they've got their play is underway, actually. You know, it reminds me, Bob, of a conversation we were having last week. And we take a look at the quality of play on all tours. Let's not forget there's PGA Tour China. There's PGA Tour Latino America. There's the feeder tour to the European tour, which the name escapes me right now. Um, Anyway, the one that Kepka challenged to her, the one that Brooks Kepka came through, and you, can, you know, the number one player in the world now came through a feeder tour to the European tour. That tells you the depth of the sport. But I think it also screams to you that there's 125 cards on the PGA Tour, 125 spots that are full-time spots. And then there's, you know, there's some t- uh, temporary access. There's, uh, you know, past champions categories, things of like that. But, but at the end of the day, there's 125 spots on an annual basis to keep your card. It is getting incredibly harder. If you're not a Rory McIlroy, if you're not a Brooks Kepka, it is getting brutally difficult to keep status on the PGA oh, Tour. Tough. Are we getting to the point where... Like, I know we've talked about, they've talked about this in the past. The players talked about this in the past. Greg Norman brought this up in the early 90s about a world tour, a top-tier world tour that would be above the European and PGA Tour that amalgamate really just the top 50, 75 in the world. Are we getting closer to that? Well, let's ask Adam Adam Stanley. Is he with us? Adam? Hello, Adam. All right. I'm not playing the phone game anymore, guys. So let's 
Adam, I'm sorry if you can hear me and I can't hear you. Apologize. We'll connect at uh, some point off the air. Maybe have you on next week to recap. Why don't we do that, guys? Why don't you talk to Adam and uh, we'll recap <laughs> next week with Adam uh, PGA Tour uh, season, the PGA Tour Canada McKenzie Tour season with Adam uh, next week here on Golf Talk Canada once we figure out uh, why someone completely blew up our phone system over Friday night to Saturday morning. Anyway, it, what, it, what, it, what it does show you is getting back to your point is yes. that you... To make it to the PGA Tour, which is the highest level, I don't think the competition has ever been more difficult. No. It's really, really right. tough to try and get it in there and, and, to, and, as you say, to try and keep it. Now, I saw a stat this week that 60% of the people who are rookies on the PGA Tour don't keep their card in year one because it's, it's tough. And you think about it, if you are a guy coming on for the first time, say you're Michael Gligging, right? made his debut this week. He missed the cup, but let's right. say you're out there. So you're going to play on a golf course like the Greenbrier. And let's say you play against a guy... Um, I'm just trying to, th- I can't, I'll throw a name out there. I don't even know if he's playing. Jim Furyk, sure. who's played the PGA Tour for umpteen years. Yeah. 57 he's, years, I believe. He's probably got, he's probably got 60, 80, 100 rounds at the Greenbrier right. over his career. Right. Michael Gligic is playing his first Seeing round. it for the first time. So now you try and get out there and you try and learn as much as you can. You don't play Wednesday because mm-hmm. there's a pro-am. So right. you get Monday, you get Tuesday. Right. Monday is probably a half day because you're traveling. Maybe not the first event of the year, but most events. And... And now you're trying to, you know, fast track and cram for this golf course. So uh, there's a lot that goes into yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I, question for you, hypothetical, because it's a David Hearn situation, and we talked about this a little bit last week. Would you rather be 128 on the on the list for PGA Tour, or would you rather go back to the Corn Ferry Tour? Because uh, you know, 128 conditional. You're begging and stealing for starts, right? Yeah, but I still think, in terms of of a, of a business, of a financial aspect, you can make a lot more money. What about path to full time status, though? Oh, it's definitely tougher. He's got uh, David Hearn has better status this year than he, than had, he had last year, but because think, he went back. I think a lot of these guys out there have such. Um, optimism in their abilities. You, would you not have to at that stage oh, in anything, to. Bob? But you always think, okay, look, I could be Nate Lasky or I could be, you know, some guy comes out of nowhere. And Monday qualifier. And Detroit, I was there. Yeah, boom, you get you get two years. And so I think all these guys think, you know, it's my I'm, it's, I'm one round away from being great. I'm four rounds four away days. from winning. All that kind of stuff. And I think you have to have that ability in this business, I, I, th- that mentality. I think you just have to think that way all the time. It's funny you bring up Nate Lashley because that week – it was. It seemed like now that week Detroit had a, a fairly thin field. Let's say, even yep. though the the tournament was so well done, so well supported, Detroit as a community really uh, welcomed the PGA Tour back with open arms. It would be. A, a, it was just a massive success. But there were some holes to play well there because it wasn't the who's who of golf in that field. And all these guys started stepping up. Nate Lashley, Victor Hovland, like there was names popping up on the leaderboard everywhere. Remember, remember a couple of years ago, Ted Potter Jr. Yes. at Pebble Beach. Yes. Where'd that come from, yeah. right? And that was a fairly deep field. Anyway. Going to see more and more and more of that. Okay, on the other side, we've still got some time here in segment two, but on the other side, we're going to get into this Tiger and this Player of the Year. Okay, and I know Scully's kind of busting at the seams on this one on, <laughs> on what he does. So speaking of the the uh, Rory McIlroy's of the year, right now, if you were to take a guess as to why it went the way it went, why it went Kepka and why not Rory? Because in my opinion, I was giving this to Brooks Kepka. I was giving Player of the Year to Kepka three months ago, regardless what happened, because we talk about what happened off 
the golf course, right? We talk yeah. about, uh, sorry, excuse me, not off the golf course, off, off, off the wins, what they did away from wins. And I know Rory was incredibly consistent away from his victories. However, he missed the cut at, at, his, at his Open Championship in Ireland. He, he had some backdoor success at majors, but really never threatened to win a major all year. Kepka, one putt, maybe one putt, one swing away from winning the Masters. Yeah. Okay. Wins the PGA Championship. Finishes second at the U.S. Open. Top fives at the Open Championship. I'm sorry. No one's a bigger Rory fan than I am. I love Rory. I love watching him play. I love watching. I love listening to him. I love how transparent he is with his with his opinions and his thoughts. And I think he is as good for the game of golf as anybody. And might be the second biggest, if not the third biggest, star in the entire sport. You could debate whether it's him or Phil still in the two or three spot on a global scale. Who's a bigger star? Obviously, Tiger's Tiger. All that being said, I'm sorry, guys. Brooks Kepka was player of the year. It's not Rory McIlroy. Brooks Kepka had three wins. Rory had three wins. Brooks Kepka had a major. Rory had a player's championship. But Brooks Kepka had a chance to win all four majors. But all four. Ch- but having a chance and winning them are four different things, obviously. True, but legitimate kicks at the can. A threat in all four major championships. He's not player of the year. So, in your opinion, Bob, why did it go this way? Why do you think it went this way? I Popularity the, contest? No, I mean, I think I, I don't think that's a huge aspect because I think they're. I don't think Brooks is disliked on the tour. I think there's a lot of guys who, who care about him. And you think they, that's more a public opinion? I think it's a public opinion because I think a lot of people don't like. Some people don't like Brooks Kepka's kind of uh, brush with uh, pushes people back, and he says, "I don't care about regular tournaments. I only care about the majors." But I think if you talk to the guys on the tour, they like him. They like Brooks. And I think, I think once you get to understand a little bit about Brooks, that I don't say I've known him very well, but you know, I've interviewed him a bunch of times. And I like him. I think he's a good guy. And I think the, guys, the people know that he's good for golf. I just think that people may like Rory more. I can understand that because mm-hmm. Rory's a super popular guy, super generous guy right. in, in that respect. So they, there could be that. But it's not – to me, it's, it's sort of just guys just summed up the, the totality of the season – put everything together and said, man, this guy has had a great year. This guy has had a great performance in majors. And then you weigh it out, and I th- I'm going to th- think that he's going to go. And he won big tournaments. It's not like he won, you know, um, lesser tournaments, let's say. He won the Players' Championship. He won the Tour Championships. Those are big wins. So you're suggesting that the players voted that way because the they take his wins and as heavily weighted wins that the Players' Championship, Tour Championship are, are important to the players. The FedEx Cup is important to players. And the overall consistency of his performance, that's the why the players yeah, voted that way. I think so. I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's a surprise. But I, I definitely think it's a. I'd love yeah. to see the numbers on this. Wouldn't you love to see the numbers on uh, not just how many people voted, how close this was? Like they don't give us any numbers by you know Rory won Player of the Year by you know was it by fifteen percent, thirty percent? Was it by point five percent? I think the one thing that may have detracted from Kepka was the fact that he. Um, the fact that he posed naked in the body, no, body issue, that may no. have distracted him. I, we're both in that same issue together. <laughs> you saw our social media posts from us. Yes. We're both very uh, been on the same diet program, same, <laughs> so we're close on that. Do you think it, How close do you think this vote was, if you could see the numbers? I'll bet you it was really close. I bet you too. Yeah. It's got to be super close. All right, on the other side, 
Scully time. We're going to get into I'll give you Scully's opinions on this as well. You know, it's something else that's interesting as well. You know, the, I think the last time this happened, 2013, Tiger Woods also did not win a major right. that year. But won he also five, had won five times. But he also had the Players Championship. Yeah, is the Players Champ like? I love the players. You'll never hear a guy like to me. It's as, as almost as big as any other tournament in the world. In fact, you know, I can't. The you know the the, the Masters, uh, in my opinion, uh, is is the biggest end of story, and then uh, and then the, the the U.S. Open. I don't know U.S. Open. Uh, the players to me gets right in there with the other majors, other than the Masters. Players to me is is as close to the PGA Championship as you as a, as a non-major can get. Yeah, I mean I rank a Masters, Open, U.S. Open, PGA. Players, That's the way I would do it, and the players would be right there. And I some sometimes I feel like the players is more. I, don't, I hate to say it, I almost <laughs> feel like it's more important than some. Now the PGA though has really stepped it up in the last decade. Yep. So we'll see, but you know, there's another conversation. Bob LPGA Tour went to five majors officially. Champions Tour. Champions Tour went to five majors officially. They've got the, the new schedule now with a. They call it an an important event in every month. Yeah. Is it time to just go retroactive and make the players and just say no, no? <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> I say do it. Let's get into that next too. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. He's bold. I, you know, I am full of bold predictions. He's brash. I think Brooke is going to get one win next year. Ooh. Just one. Will it be a major? No, but I think it's going to be in Canada. Oh, oh that would be good. He's ballistic. Producer Scully, could you come and uh, cut the uh, the beer tap off here? He's bonkers. Spraying his balls with w- his golf Excuse balls. Excuse me? He's spraying <laughs> his golf balls with water. It's Scully time. I love that riff. Okay, so right off the hop. That didn't take long. I, I, I got to ask, ask you. Yeah. So a big story in the Toronto area this yes. week has been Mitch Marner. Yeah. Who's he? I had to look him up. And he's talking about him much. And, and Austin Matthews. Yeah. Because he's sporting a mustache. Oh, I didn't see this. Well, he is sporting quite a stash. Right. Now, we're not on TV right now. No, but I've got a weird goatee stashy thing. Well, going. I was kind of going to ask Yeah. You yeah. Like so you know why I did this? I have no idea. Okay. So I shaved my head. I did notice that. So, Scorched earth. Uh, right. Yeah. And I yeah. already shaved my head uh, down with a guard about a month ago. Wow. And then yesterday I took it right to the wood. Down to the wood. Yeah. yeah. And I like it. Uh, and I usually have a beard. Here, show, you, show it off and I'll take a picture and I'll put it on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm taking the headphones off yeah. here. Hold on. This, there this, we go. On. I wanna, I'm going to put it up on social media. This is now a live Instagram. <laughs> yep. That's not good. <laughs> what eh? it was. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
So, so what I did was, so I need to give him, like, you know, when you wear the beard as long as I did, yes. you, the fi- like, you need to give your skin a break. You need to, right. you know, so I needed to shave. I needed to moisturize. Oh. But okay. I didn't want to go completely shaved because then I got no hair on my head. I got no hair on my face. So I left a little. Okay. Heather says, Heather, Mrs. Golf Talk yeah, Hannah, not, she, says, look, she says a little too evil. No oh, guy. She yeah. used the, uh, she says, you look dirty. Oh my goodness! Dirty, and and when she meant dirty, she doesn't mean like a guy that hasn't bathed dirty. Well, I'm. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You know, you know to, to bring to bring it back to golf. You know, Ricky Fowler <laughs> had a mustache going. Yes, he had this same thing going. Yeah, yeah. It's you, not a stash. It's more like a. Um, Conquistador. Like a Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu, Conquistador, goatee. You know, swashbuckling. I I want to be more of a swashbuckler. Okay. Moving forward. Okay. Yes. Well, that's it. That's a term. Like that. That's a term we don't use often enough anymore. Swashbuckling. Swashbuckling. It's true. I want to wow. swashbuckle. In fact, tonight it's Saturday night. I think I'm going out for some swashbuckling. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Uh, back to golf. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Wow. There you go. That went offside in a hurry. So here's the poll. <laughs> Robert, results. the poll. Yes. Okay, the poll. so we asked you today who is your pick for player of the year? A, Rory McElroy. B, Brooks Kepka. C, someone else, which includes anybody, I guess. Really. I'm, in there. Us. Mm. I'm in there. Uh, right now, Rory McElroy has 59%, Brooks Kepka 38%, and someone else has 3%. Someone else has 3%. So it could be Tiger. So what's the spread? 59 38. Wow, twenty points! Lots of people agreeing with the uh, with wow. the players. I, I see. To me, on on Twitter, I say this is a straight popularity contest. Okay, skulls. Get, before you get into why you think this down, what was your initial reaction? Because Bob and I were both like, "What shock?" Yeah, it, it was surprise. Um, you can look at it with like a recency bias sort of thing. I mean, given how he won the FedEx. I remember we had the conversation. Uh, about player of the year, mm-hmm. like an hour after Rory won the FedEx Cup, right. and we still both thought it was going to be Brooks, hundred percent. But then you look at some of the how how they've you know got into it with you know the majors aren't really mentioned at all, you know, and and some of the criteria. Um, but the argument for Rory, he he's, he had an unbelievable year. He had fourteen top tens and nineteen mm-hmm. starts. The three victories, the way he won was pretty dominating. He had a lot of chances going into Sunday. He could have had five or six victories pretty easily. But I mean, Brooks still finished two one two one two four in the majors, yeah, including three victories. So it's sort He's of a toss up. In the world. But but he, you know, I, I would still give it to Kepka as well. Okay, so and, but even you know, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. No. Even that video that they released uh, with Jack Nicholas mm-hmm. and Rory. Rory was totally surprised. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. Not true. And even like you know, Jay Monahan came in, hey, you know, congrats, and he's like, oh, I have goosebumps, and I'm in shock. It's you know, and, and he sort of mentioned Brooks, and he stopped himself, and it was like, it was very puzzling. Okay, so if you had a vote, you'd vote Kepka? As of now, yeah. Bob, if you had a vote, would you vote Rory or Kepka or someone else? Uh, yeah, I'd probably vote Kepka. I have all to right. admit. So if three people around this desk would all vote Kepka. So what's different? What was different for the players? Were they simply breaking it down the way you just broke it down? Or is there something we're missing here? Is there so I think there's something completely we're missing here. And I don't know what it is. And maybe it happens in the locker rooms. Maybe it, maybe it happens amongst the players. But I think the players are sitting there going, maybe they put, maybe the conversation that Bob had and I had just before we went to break, that conversation about where we put the players' championship 
and the FedEx Cup is important, and the Tour Championship. That conversation we just had, and maybe it's time that the Tour goes to five majors, like the other two, like the champions, like the LPGA. And I, you could be on the side that says, no way, I'm a traditionalist or four majors. Regardless of how you feel, that conversation we just had is maybe viewed very different amongst the guys that have the 125 cards, the guys that are voting. Maybe that conversation is way closer Mm -hmm. than the rest of the golfing public. Maybe that conversation is, yeah, you know what? The players to me, as big as anything else, I don't care what the media says. I don't care what Wikipedia says. When When you type in major champions, the players is the number one field in the entire year on the greatest stadium course in all of golf. That's as big as any tournament gets. I don't care what anyone says. Is that maybe what's happening here? I mean, it's looking at the Players' Championship, it is possibly the best field in golf as they, they advertise it. That might be a case. I know we mentioned, or it was mentioned earlier in the show that maybe some people don't like Kepka. I mean, but I don't think that should be part of the criteria. This is on the golf course. Right, but something happened here. Something went down here that either a popularity, it's either one or the other, guys. It's either the players don't like Kepka. Or don't like him as obviously Rory's super popular as as Bob outlined, but obviously part of this was a popularity contest amongst the players, or the Players' Championship, FedEx Cup and Tour Championship means way more than we're giving it credit for. I'll give you I'll give you one more theory. It's the conspiracy theory. We okay. haven't mentioned that. I like this that the PGA Tour may have you know stuffed the ballot box in favor of FedEx Cup. And in favor of 100%. Players' Championship. I'm only putting that out because someone wrote that to me and said, this is what I think happened. And maybe they just sort of said, you know what? I think this is actually uh, what we should do this year. We should make our events bigger and more important, put weight on them. And then so we're going to stuff the ballot box. So you, so you, are, do you guys put any weight at all in that? You think that the PGA Tour fraudulently... Yes, I agree, 100%. I think it's possible. Oh, my (laughs) Lord. possible. I don't think so. I I, I, I have. Highly unlikely. I'll bet you you the other scenario that that I think may have played a factor in this is that they, so anybody who played in 15 events where they gave out FedEx Cup points got a ballot. I will bet you the return on voting is 20 to 25% maybe. Interesting. So I think just maybe a whole bunch of people didn't vote at all. And that's kind of what swayed it. Sways a lot of elections, right? I was just so. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> lies. Oh, he lies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to live with this one. It doesn't change. I think it's wrong. I think they got it wrong. I love Rory. Well done. Good year. I think they got it wrong. But uh, what's done is done. Now. There's another player of the year that is handed out by um, the... There's two more players of the year, right? There's a PGA of America player of the year. That was been done. That one, okay. that one that was, was finished. That was finished, like right. Two days after the FedEx. And Brooks, yeah. Right, and, and Brooks, Brooks won that. that. And that's then a point-based one. Right, yeah. and then there's uh, uh, the Associated Press hands out uh, one at okay. some point as well. So that's that, the Doug a, Ferguson Award. Right. It's a Doug, <laughs> uh, but just the writers vote on it. I'm, I'm curious to see which way that goes as well. Not, not as official. Yeah. It's more of a media type of... Thing kind of what we could do around this table and 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 call up some of our friends in the industry and and see and uh, you know what maybe we should do that guys for our year interview show let's I, let's yeah. reach out for our year review show to our colleagues at, at at other media outlets that cover golf in Canada and and see what they have to say it'll be interesting, interesting to find out all right Tiger Woods you wanted to chat about this Scully I know we were uh, texting and talking yesterday back and forth Always. okay you went bang uh, I was with Chris McKee. Uh, when uh, who handles our social media for Golf Talk Canada? When when you went look at this and tagged tagged him and uh, signed off as playing captain for the Presidents Cup, poking the bear, teasing us, 
or is he letting us know that he plans on picking himself? Well, as I did mention in that tweet, uh, it was the second time he's done this. So he did this back uh, in August, uh, talking about the, uh, going into the FedEx Cup, who some of his favorites are. I think he's playing, honestly. I think he's going to play. Um, he won the Masters. Um, he, he's going to get a lot of pressure from the Tour. For yeah. ratings. Yeah, TV, TV tour, there will be a lot of outside but pressure. It's but... going to be in the middle of the night here in Australia. I, I don't know how. I, I'm excited to watch it because I love the President's Cup. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me ask you another question. Yeah. If this was the Ryder Cup, mm. what do you do? You think it's because it's sort of a lopsided win and you can hide somebody if you really need to? If it's I think it's certainly or... part of it. Yeah, I don't know. And, and he's the captain himself, too? For the, yeah. uh... No, he's not. No, but I'm just saying. If, if he was. Hypothetically, he if he was the captain of the Ryder Cup, would he pick himself as a playing I don't captain? Know. Like, he still won the Masters. <laughs> like to me, that's still. But what did he? What, is, what have you done for me lately? The He's done us. You always want a guy who's coming in hot. They say with your pick. But you right? know, so the thing is now with because there's such a gap, right? Mm-hmm. Like with you know last year's Ryder Cup, Tiger was was a captain's pick. Three weeks before the Ryder Cup, four right. weeks maybe. Right. This is four months. Right. I don't know. Okay, let me ask you guys another question on this. Does this officially end Phil Mickelson's run of international competition, which is going over it's 20 years of in, pretty much 20 years of international team play of President's Cup and Ryder Cup, not missing a Team America since I believe it's 91 or 92 is, it was the initial run, start of this run. Uh, so it's longer than 20. What am I talking about? So, uh, sorry, maybe it's not known. Closer to 95. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. President's Cup in 94, 95. So quite a, quite a long run, over 20 years. Does this officially end Phil's run? And does Tiger's playing affect that at all? Because if Tiger picks himself, we're down to three spots available. If Tiger doesn't pick himself, he's got four picks available. Does this affect Phil's Ability to be a part of this team, whether Tiger plays or not, and do you think that's been decided already? Do you think Phil Mickelson right now is even on the table as a possible pick? If he goes out, he just committed to the Shriners Hospital Children's Open in Vegas, the Vegas event. He committed to that alongside Brooks Kepka last week. Can Phil do anything to change where he is right now? I mean, if he's the team personal trainer, no. Um, <laughs> given those videos he's posted, no. But I, I honestly, I. Um, it'd be tough to pick him given the form he was in. But, you know, if he goes in the fall and has a couple of good finishes uh, to show Tiger something, I mean, there's a chance. Obviously, there's great chemistry with Phil and some of the other guys in the room. Obviously, we, there's the argument made that, you know, this isn't the Ryder Cup. The U.S. is the heavy favorite. Do you give him another chance just to extend the streak? I still don't believe he'll be on that team. Here's, here's the guys who are available to be picked. And this is also makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. Tony Finau. Mm, can't leave him off the team. U.S. No. Open champion Gary Woodland. Can't leave him off the team. Ricky Fowler. Mm. Patrick Reed. Mm. Well, Reed, you could certainly leave, leave off the team. Yeah, Ches Reevy. Yeah. That's Pis- a great year. Pisner. Mm. Great match play so player. Some yeah. guys there. But, but, but the, the first two are locks. There's not a chance the Finau Woodland. or Woodland are not on this team. Yeah. Not a chance. Who is next in line there, Bob? Fowler. Uh, Fowler. Fowler. Fowler, that's where it starts to get debatable. Now, Ricky's really well-liked, but you know, but I guess maybe he's semi-lock. Certainly when you get to the next spot. Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. Now it starts to get debatable because, yeah, he won a playoff event. Yeah, he's showing some great form recently. We know the history. We know the history in the dressing room. Although, tends to be buddies with Tiger. Yeah. 
Right. How about, how about this one? You could just go Finau, who finished ninth. Yeah. Woodland, who finished tenth. Yeah. Fowler. Yeah. You skip over Patrick Reed, and the thirteenth guy is Tiger Woods. So you can just there say, you go. Look, we just don't, we're just going to teach Patrick Reed a lesson. Right. We don't think he's a team mm-hmm. player, and we're going to take the next four available. There you go. And Could happen. What I would really like to see here, and I don't know if it's going to happen, and I mentioned this about, I think, two months ago, I mentioned this to you guys. What I would like to see here is Phil Mickelson take everybody off the hook. I would like to see Phil Mickelson go to Tiger and say, listen, especially if Tiger's going to play. You're going to need strong vices. You're going to need a better support system off the golf course if you're going to put yourself between the ropes. And I would love to see Phil Mickelson go to Tiger and say, I'm, I'm going to be your vice. I'm going to be one of your vices and taking myself out of this uh, equation. A- assuming he doesn't go and win Vegas. Which, right? Knowing Phil, he gets, well, you, 80, exactly. he gets you 65 right. pretty easily. Right. right? So uh, assuming he doesn't go do something like that, I think that would be a class move. And it would take a lot of people off, off the hot sure. plate, off the off the, the the spotlight on him. Because right now, Tiger is currently in the position to a eliminate Phil Streak. He's the guy that says no Phil. That's awkward, and it becomes even more awkward if he picks himself. Yeah, they're really awkward because Tiger's finish to the year isn't much better than Phil's. What if, what if Kevin Chappell goes out and shoots two more rounds of 59? Mm. Well, the, you know, it's funny, too, because mm. at this point of the year, theoretically, guys, theoretically, the reason that they give four captain's picks and only take the top eight is they, at this point, they want to blow up the points. They want to blow up the list. Those picks are theoretically there for who got hot in the playoffs, right. who That's played well Billy in Horschel the fall. Yeah. yeah, the Billy Horschel rule, right? That's why those picks are there. So, you know, we're looking at it systematically going down the list, but maybe who knows what the way they're looking at it. Maybe the next discussion should be, will Corey Connors get picked? Well, that's right. I, I, 100%. Again, I would think so. And I think Corey is 100% on this team because he's A, a winner on the PGA Tour. B, he went to the Tour Championship, finished in the top 30. And C, unlike Team USA, who are you skipping to put Corey Connors on the team? Jazz, Jana, Watton, and Odd. You know what? It, Jazzy. It's, you are not picking guys with 20 years of international experience with you know 30 majors under their belt. Mm-hmm. So Corey belongs on that international team. I think sure. the picks are going to be Jason Day. 100%. Uh, Justin Harding, because he's a South African. Sure. Yeah, 100%. And Corey Connors and one of either Jazz, Jenna, Watnanad, or Sung J.M. Could be. Or somebody who maybe does something crazy in the next couple could of months. Be. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are some big international or events. Or who wins in the fall series. Oh, that could happen. And there are, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of events coming yeah. in the next few months. Mm-hmm. The tour is going. And, the, and uh, what is, what's the deadlines for the picks? Is November it, 4th. So it is after the Asian swing. Yep. Which is huge because there's so a WGC yep. event there. Yep. And there's an Asian flair that will affect that international team. So there might be that last pick that Bob's referring to might be somebody who gets hot in the Asian swing and grabs a W and surprises somebody. We'll see. Mm-hmm. On the other side, leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wind up today's show. Apologies for those of you who are waiting to hear Adam Stanley. He'll be with us next week from London for the Canada Life Wrap-Up, as well as Mackenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. The season in review we will hit that up with uh, Adam Stanley next week right here on GTC. 60-minute Ireland travel special coming up at the end of September. Looking forward to that. Of course, don't forget, you get the Golf Talk Canada podcast on iTunes. You can hear us online, the iHeartRadio app. Lots coming from GTC over the winter year in review specials on TV and radio. We do not go away. But let's get you caught up on leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. And there is a lot of golf going on. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Oshawa Golf and Curly Club since 1906. The home of golf in Durham. Curling registration is now open. And to find out about winter programs and fall golf incentives, visit oshawagolf.com. Dot com, tradition, community, golf. Scully, what is happening in the Solheim Cup? Solheim Cup here, afternoon sessions. Currently, the Europeans are up six and a half to five and a half. But uh, Brittany Altamore, Annie Park up two on Suzanne Pedersen and Van Dam. Lexi Thompson is all square in her match with Marina. Alex, um, Ali McDonald, Angel Yin, they are three up over Georgia Hall and Celine Boutier. And Carlotta uh, Siganda is uh, two up in her match. Uh, she's taking on Lizette Salas, Danielle Kang, Alzahara Munoz also in that as well. And no relation to Claude Van Damme. And Van Damme. I'm doing everything <laughs> here. Um, European Tour. We've got, uh, guess guess who's leading? It's one of your favorite golfers, Mark. Sergio Garcia. Oh, on the European uh, Tour. He's four under today, 13 under through 11 holes. Callum Shinquin is at 12 under. And a trio of golfers, British golfers, Matt Wallace, Matthew Southgate, and James Morrison are at 11. And on PG Tour Canada. PG Tour Canada, Brian Carlson posted a fine round of 60 at the Highland Country Club. He has a one-shot lead over Taylor Pendrith, Jeremy Paul of Germany, Jonathan Garrick, and uh, Patrick Fishburne and Eric McArdle, all Americans, are at nine under par. Two other Canadians are in the field. There's no cut in this one because it's their sort of their tour championship. Riley Wielden is tied for 26. James Allenby is uh, tied for 26 as well. Uh, rumor has it, boys, on the street as well. Sergio Garcia about to go to the Conquistador swashbuckling goatee next week. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Good on one, PGA. Randy. Good one. <laughs> PGA Tour champions, the Ally Challenge. Scott McCarron tied for the lead with Retief Goosen and Top Gillis. They're at six under par. That is good for a one-shot lead over Jerry Smith, Darren Clark, Jerry Kelly, and Jay Haas. They're at five under. Down the leaderboard, Mr. Steven Ames. He's at two under par on the Champions Tour. And on the PGA Tour, military tribute at the Greenbrier, Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, Robbie Shelton, they're at 13 under par, good for a one-shot lead over Adam Long. Kevin Chappell also in double digits at 10 under after the historic 59. Yesterday, we had two Canadians make the cut in the opening event of the season on the PGA Tour. David Hearn and Nick Taylor both at five under par. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of Canadians going home early. Uh, Roger Sloan, Michael Glickick, and Mackenzie Hughes not going to make the cut at the Green Briar. Boys, we're running late. We're running out of time. What's up for the rest of the day, Skulls? A little golf later on. Can't good, wait. Good stuff. Bob, we laying low? Are you playing some golf? What's happening? No, I played golf yesterday. With I uh, got worn out, and uh, so I'm going to spend the day on the couch and go to a little tiff today. A little oh, tiff. Oh, enjoy it. Guys, have a great weekend. Always a pleasure. Lots of fun. Good to see you. I feel like I haven't it's seen you guys in like a month. <laughs> yeah. It's too long. So uh, we'll see you next week right here around the big desk here for GTC Radio. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. Woo! 
This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.com.